All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you see it? Did you notice? Check when the puck comes right to Pedersen who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! Moments no. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in in Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go.
Hello, Canucks fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com. That is Z-E-P-H-Y-R Epic. Check them out on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, whatever it is. They've got you covered for all of your trading card needs. So be sure to go check out the fine folks at Zephyr Epic. Retail location in Surrey and free shipping on all orders over $50. I got feedback. Anybody else have feedback? I'm nope, like hearing just myself you, twice but... here. Well, I can hear it. It's your computer. You know what I just think. happened? Yep, I hate computer. this. Here we go. This has been happening, and I'm I'm uh, apologies to the listeners. This has been happening. My stupid AirPods will connect from my computer to my phone, and it just it, it drives me mental. Like it it drives me insane. Favor, I just did the Zephyr Epic read. You tell everybody about your nice bow tie. I gotta get set up here. Yeah, wearing a bow tie. Uh, it's funny because right before we got going here, all I hear Quads is just bragging about Apple, Apple, Apple. He's sending me photos. Uh, he's got a picture of him and his son up there. Uh, behind him, but uh, yeah, I'm drinking a Mountain Dew today, which uh, I haven't been on the energy drink since I got my wisdom teeth taken out. Two weeks, no energy drinks. Uh, I I thought that you weren't allowed to drink carbonated stuff after getting your uh, like a tooth extraction for two weeks. I don't know. I've learned that these people on YouTube, and this is bad because we're on YouTube, but these people on YouTube don't know anything. They all think they're dentists and doctors. They're all looking all fancy in these offices. They're telling me all this crap. Then I look at the sheet that I got from my actual... Uh, ortho ortho surgeon something like that well, he did something on the mouth that's not right but anyways the mouth surgeon guy he said you can have it in 48 hours you can drink carbonated pop so i've been i've been on this kick of energy drinks for two whole weeks and apparently i could have just been 48 hours and i could have been back on them uh so i don't even have any in the fridge but two weeks without it instead i'm drinking liters of coffee every day which uh, i've been icing up a little bit so the iced coffees consistently but quads you and i are both actually drinking mountain dew today which is wild like the, how often does that happen? Double Mountain Dew here on the show today. You're drinking. You're drinking which flavor? Spark. Spark. Yes, okay. I'm drinking my Spark. I took you and your fiance over the weekend. We went to the snack shop that I keep telling you about, and that's where I load up on my Mountain Dews. I get my Pepsi Nitro with a little bit of bubbles. Oh, it's great. It's great. And I've I don't got like my those ones. Mountain Dew Spark. You don't like the Nitro, eh? No, it just tastes like if you were to leave a Pepsi open for. Like, uh, you know, a few hours, just like leave the bottle open and all the carbonation goes. I don't really like that. I like the pop. That's what I like about Pepsi better than Coke is Pepsi has like a nice pop to it. Like, and I know it's pop, but it's got like a nice pop from the bubbles uh, compared to the Coke. That's what I think anyways. Like, I think Coke kind of tastes like a a rundown version of Pepsi, which I know isn't like a hot take because I feel like most people drink Coke. And I know that like Diet Coke has like the the strongest fan base of anything in the world. Uh, So people aren't going to like that. But I, I take Pepsi over Coke any day of the week. I actually agree with you, which uh, is surprising because I think most people would take Coke over Pepsi. But I went down to Seattle yesterday. Okay, mm-hmm. I got to tell you about this. I haven't even told you about this. I went to Seattle, saw my Mariners pick up a win, and we went to the concession stand. And I went to go buy a drink, and I asked for a pop, and the girl like looked at me, and I was like, "Oh, it's a soda here." Yep. But here's the thing. If someone calls it a soda in Canada, I don't look at them weird and say, don't you mean pop? Like, she, like, didn't know what I was talking about. I'm like, does nobody call it pop down there? That It's just, it confused me. And I, I need I need Mama Lisa in the chat, the YouTube live chat, to confirm if it's actually, like, that foreign of a concept to call pop pop no. in the States. Like, I know it's soda, but 
it's called pop as well, right? The girl like paused, like she like it looked like I had just thrown this new concept at her. I'm like, you know what pop is, but anyway. So I got a soda for ten dollars at T-Mobile Oof. Park yesterday, and my garlic fries weren't very good, and I'm a little upset about it. They were cold, and I started to understand because when you went down to the Jays game, you told me that you got garlic fries and they were cold, and I was like, that's so weird. That's never happened to me. Happened to me, and it was. It was not a good experience. I was I was very upset about it. It, it. it it doesn't ruin your ballpark experience. Like it was a great game. It was a five four win for the Mariners, but it it it, it sucked. Like it, it sucked to eat these cold fries. Like they weren't they were nothing to, nothing to write home about. And, and Lisa in the chat said she had to be from the East Coast because soda is used on the East Coast and it's pop. It's pop there in Seattle where Lisa uh, is from. So we cracked the case. But yeah, I was just pop. It uh, threw me off yesterday. Interesting. Vector's got an interesting comment here. In Japan, soda and cola are two different types of pop. Cola is brown and soda is the other colors. You know what? I actually like that. I think that's cool. I think I have a, or not a Japanese pop, but I'm also, I got two pops going. This one's uh, from, I think this one's Chinese, actually. Kind of tastes like a garbage can. It's not very good. I'm not going to drink it. That's why I went and grabbed the Mountain Dew. But I, it's kind of like um, like my fiance, who's from the Maritimes. They don't call it dinner. They call it supper. Like, supper is a Maritimes thing. I think I, I've heard that, like, my mom, who's from uh, from the prairies as well, like, they, they use supper a lot. Like, it, my mom used to always say supper time, right? Like, it's a time for supper. And I used to think, like, supper could be, that's why I like what Vector said. Maybe it should be, like, a little bit different. Like, supper should be if you eat between, like, two and five. Like, that should be supper. That's supper time. And then dinner time could be after five. Like, I think that's how it checks out. Uh, and I did see... Uh, Tim says, when I think Zephyr, I think automobile. By the way, Zephyr, uh, I'll be out there uh, early, in like early next week. Next week, I'll be back at Zephyr, going to do some uh, some pack openings, check in with the good folks down there in Surrey, and uh, and I'll have some more packs to open up here because we're running out. And by the way, I always forget to say this. If you're listening to this show, if you're watching on YouTube, and you have kids that would like some hockey cards, we have stacks and stacks and stacks of them. So if you have kids that like hockey and we just like we want to give these cards away, Zephyr Epic, that's our plan with them is like I open these packs, but we give them a lot away. I got a whole bunch of my collection I'm willing to give out to the Canucks cards. Uh, your kids can, you know, your kids going to be smothered in, in Olya Levy and Nikita Triamkin rookie cards. So if you want it uh, and you got a kid, give your kid uh, some free hockey cards from us and, and the great folks at Zephyr Epic. So please uh, just shoot me a DM on Twitter, uh, Instagram, whatever. Find a way to, to get in contact with me and uh, and we'll get you some cards. I, I don't even mind driving them out to you. I've driven them out to, to some kids in the past so uh, yeah if you want some hockey cards for your kids let me know uh hit me up in a dm we drove to squamish once we went uh went up to squamish got some sunny chivas on the way up and right. yeah we'll, we'll take them we'll go anywhere anywhere you need us to shoot us a shoot us a dm okay news and notes like i said i took a vacation day yesterday chris up to you where you want to start uh, do you want to start on Lakaramaki, or do you want to talk about these rule changes with IHF? Um, do you want to talk about those, the, the penalty, minor penalty rule changes? Let's start with uh, just a quick one here, because I did see, have you seen the videos going around Tanner Pearson uh, on ice? He was on ice at Troy Stetcher's um, camp out there. So Tanner Pearson's been skating and, listen, participating in these camps. It's obviously one of these camps is very different than playing in a game, but... Listen, we've been saying it for a while with, with Tanner Pearson. Like, it's, you have to kind of wait till he's on the ice and playing to really make a judgment if he's healthy or not. And 
early stages right now or he's he's out there skating. He's at Troy Stetcher's camp. We've uh, heard some, some some friends of ours who are out at UBC that the Canucks are out there often, uh, and they've been on the ice there as well. Tanner Pearson, one of the guys. I, I've been seeing people taking selfies with them. So I'm curious to see what happens with this guy, man. Is he actually healthy going into the season? Um, healthy is one thing. I also think like playing shape in the NHL type of healthy is also a different thing than you know every day being able to participate in a camp and, and little things like that. So I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see what's up with Tanner Pearson. At least he's on the ice. It's a positive note anyways to see him out there with other NHLers. And that's the thing that we've said all offseason is just that's where that comes from. The idea that we'll believe it when we see it with Pearson was because when he was asked about returning and what his future was as a hockey player, he kind of like laughed at it and basically just said he just wants his hand back, just wants to be a dad again. So it's a welcome sight anytime you see him on the ice. Um, We weren't sure we would see it, but now we've seen it. And that is very, very welcome news to kick off the show today for sure. Yeah, I want to get this. This is a great uh, tidbit here from uh, from Vector. I didn't have this in my news and notes. Uh, Tyler Myers' bonus being paid out tomorrow as well. Great job. Vector the Angel. Great uh, comment there in the chat. Any any thoughts on that, Quads? Well, we're not sure if it's tomorrow or the 15th. We're not. I, I don't know if you are. I'm not 100% sure, and I tried very hard to find out. I'm not sure if it's tomorrow or the 15th. I don't know yet. I'm sure Dolly Wall tweeted out tomorrow if it's <laughs> tomorrow, but um, I don't know. I, don't, I know it's in September. And I know they aren't paying it early, as I reported about a month or two ago. But I don't know if it's tomorrow or the 15th. I really don't. Okay. Well, we'll have to see what happens there. Uh, yeah, I'll touch on Jonathan LeCarrie-Mackey before we get into the uh, Champions League stuff. He scored again today. Let's get the vi- let's try this video again, Aaron. But if it sucks, just get it out of the way. Uh, but he he's now scored three goals in five preseason games. He started the preseason as a fourth-line player, moved up to the third line. He's on the second line today. I tell you, by the weekend here, he's going to be on the top line. A beautiful give-and-go. Yeah, don't worry about this clip then, Aaron. Uh, you can find it on my Twitter account. I tweeted it out earlier this morning. Canucks Army also has the article up about it. Uh, but a beautiful give-and-go going towards net, playing in the in the high-danger areas where, yeah, he's taking a little bit of a beating, but he's obviously being rewarded for it. He's got three goals in five preseason games, and I get that it's preseason, and I can't get too excited. I probably need to gear down my excitement level about this kid. But, man, like, I don't know, maybe not. Like, three goals in the preseason, it, it, three like three goals in five games, that's, that's not like an easy task. There's not a lot of guys in the SHL preseason who are scoring that, right? Am I a little, am I getting too excited here, quads, or is this fair, do you think? He's got three goals in five preseason games. I think it's reason to get excited, and I think when we go back and look at how he finished the season, where he finished strong in the Alsvenskan playoffs after a fairly frustrating year, I think there is some reason to get excited, and I think we're seeing Canucks fans start to get excited. I'm seeing it in the Canucks Army comment section, in the YouTube live chat here. Nathan jumped in and said, can we get 15 minutes of pure LeCaramacchi hype? You know you want it, Faber. <laughs> and honestly, uh, it's hard to disagree right now. There, there, There is a ton of hype surrounding this guy right now. Definitely... I'd say the most since he's been drafted by the Canucks other than maybe the off season. Like basically as soon as he hit the ice after being drafted, the hype went away, right? Like there wasn't much going on after he got drafted that made people go, Oh man, like this is going to be a great pick. I think it was kind of the other direction. And then we saw him finish off really strong and for him to kind of pick up where he left off, if you will. And I know it's only preseason, but it is a league higher, right? Like he is in the SHL compared to the Alsvenskan. It's a welcome sight for sure. Yeah, and Cactus Jack says he's a good player. Last year he was battling mono. That's the interesting thing for me is watching him play. It's like he looks stronger. He looks like he's more willing to go to those, like, you know, go to the slot, go to the net, these type of things. Even in, like, defensively, there was a couple plays today where he, 
like as the winger, you play high, you cover the defenseman, you, you move when they move, you type of thing. Like it depends on your defensive structure as well. But like you saw him a couple times today come back towards the net, just get a stick in on a guy who was about to have like a really good scoring chance in tight. And I was like, wow, like the defensive game is even there too. And I just maybe like you have to think that the injuries, like they obviously hurt him last year. Like, you know, having the foot injury, having the concussion, having mono. These things make it very difficult for what you can do on the ice when you're actually playing games. And I tell you, after a full off season of, of being healthy, being able to train, get a chance to go to development camp, not have to fly all around the world and do the summer world juniors and do the draft and the combine and all these things and meetings with teams, like it is a little bit more settled for him. He's got a buddy there at Orbro with Elias Pettersson. DP, he's playing there. He was on the uh, third pairing today, playing on the right side, I should say, by the way. A uh, little interesting note there for Elias Pettersson. But yeah, I, I just think that it's it's more about the process of how he's getting there to those goals to me. Like, the goals that he's scoring are all downhill from, like, the circles in. Like, the red dots in. Like, he's not scoring one-timers on the power play where it's like he's going to get those here and there. But the, the process of how he's scoring his goals right now are all, like, downhill from the circles towards the crease and he's finding the back of the net. It, it's great to see. And I just – I like the way he's moving because he's he's kind of dodgy in the offensive zone of, like, okay, there's a guy here – I'm either going to jump hard to my left or to my right to create space and find like a shooting angle that I can get. And he does a really good job of that. And today, the thing I noted was like, he's starting to beaver tail a little bit, right? And if people don't know what beaver tailing is, it's when you're slapping your stick on the ice, wanting the puck. And he doesn't do that when he's not confident. When he's riding with some confidence, he's doing it. And I know that like some people will be like, ah, like nobody likes a beaver tail or like you don't like that in hockey. But it's like, I like to see that in his game. It, to me, it, it kind of says, okay, he's confident. He wants the puck. And I don't think we saw a lot of that last year in the regular season or even, to be honest, in the postseason. Like, I think in the playoffs he was good, but I didn't think his confidence was, like, showing like it has in preseason so far. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just end it there because I am getting too hyped over preseason. But at the same time, it's like, man, I haven't had hockey in a long time. Okay, let, let, maybe let me have this a little bit. It's nice to watch Canucks prospects score. Um, speaking of Canucks prospects... Three of them participating in the Champions League opener today, which like began the whole series. And for people who don't know what the Champions League is, it's similar to what soccer has for the Champions League, where teams from around Europe compete and they play to decide who the champion of all the leagues are, right? It's, I mean, there's better teams in the SHL that aren't in Champions League. There's certain teams from certain leagues that are better that aren't in this. So it's not like the best of the best, but I mean, it kind of is. Uh, and they got three new power play rules. I'll just read them off, and then we'll get your thoughts on this, Quads. So the three new rules that the Champions League is getting for theirs, and by the way, this is a 24-team league, I guess, I guess a league, where they play down, they're going to play six games, three at home, three on the road, then they're going to go to the playoffs, which is going to be 16 teams going to that, and it's just going to break down in some some sort of playoff games where they play one and one, one home and one away, work their way down, but let's get to the rules. Uh, A minor penalty will continue even after a power play goal is scored, a minor penalty will end if you score a shorthanded goal. And if a goal is scored on a delayed penalty, the penalty will still be served. So this is creating an opportunity for more goals, in my opinion. That's what I get from these new rules. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl might hit 200 points each like yeah. if those rules come into play. And I'm not just saying that because uh, we got our friend, I forgot to mention him, Aaron Bernardo, our technical producer out in Edmonton, is our technical producer like i said but you look at this and you just imagine like what it would have looked like what it would have looked like if these were rules in the nhl last year and uh, aside from there being way more offense there would just be it it would almost be hard to watch like it, it would be hard to watch 
like the Canucks, for example. The Canucks' historically bad penalty kill try to kill off penalties. Like, there were multiple instances last year where the puck was dropped on a Canucks shorthanded op- opportunity, and then immediately it's in the back of their net, right? And if that happens three times in the span of two minutes, that's just, not only is it deflating for a fan, but it's also kind of, okay, you're going to have a lot of fans just checking out because, well, that was a span of two minutes and the game's basically over for us now, right? So I don't know. Like, I don't know how much I like the rules. I, I, I always try to say like, okay, well, if it's not broken, don't try to fix it. And like, I, I wouldn't consider myself a traditionalist, Chris, but like with baseball, for example, like they had the pitch clock additions and they have these three new rules to, you know, help offense, all that sort of stuff. And like, I've watched a lot of baseball in my life and I, I watch games regardless of how long they take, but I really like the pitch clock. And I, I was starting to recognize that, yeah, okay, maybe a four hour playoff game isn't great. And the three and a half hour regular season game, 162 times a year, isn't good for the sport. So I looked at that and said, okay, that's kind of a problem. Has anybody said this is a problem with penalties? Like it, it almost feels like you're trying to fix a problem that doesn't really exist. If that makes sense. Like, and, and like I just kind of outlined, I think you would have the potential to create more problems more than you would hmm. be creating solutions. Right. And, and that's what, I, that's kind of my stance on it is I don't like to try to fix problems that don't exist. And that's what I feel like is happening here. I don't know. I don't know if it's trying to fix a problem. I think it's trying to create more goals. And I guess that could be the problem. The, hockey's not having enough goals. I think that's the way you could look at it. But I, I really like the idea of, I don't really know about like you score a goal on the power play, you keep going. I don't really like that one. But I love that if you score a shorthanded goal, the penalty ends. That's awesome. I, I think love that's, that. That's I an awesome that. rule. I think that could be something. And that's the thing. Like they're trialing these three rules. They're using them for the whole Champions League. You're going to have a good sample size of games here. You know, we're talking about 24 teams playing six times. What's that, 142, something like that, 140, 140-ish uh, games? You're going to have a good sample size here to work from to see, like, what you like from these new rules. And, and I think that you're, you're going to like that one about, hey, you score on the shorthand, did you kill off the penalty? I love that. And uh, somebody brought it up in the chat here. I just missed it. Um, yeah, if the penalty ends when you score, bring on more EP40 killing penalties. Yes, Corey Anderson in the chat. Nice nice to see you, Corey, as well. Um yeah, I like that one. I, I don't really love the other ones, and I know Aaron's going nuts in our little chat here. He wants uh, every hockey record to be shattered if uh, that happened in the NHL and the Oilers were able to cook with uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl doing that. But I, I really I really like the shorthanded one, and I, I don't know about like all the rules. Need, like I don't know about all of them, but I do think that that one of killing the penalty if you score a shorthanded goal, that's exciting to me. I like that, and I think that's such a momentum swing that you can get for your team that I, I like that one, and I think it should stay. Uh, shout out to the YouTube live chat who predicted that I would start talking about baseball. <laughs> uh, Reed, Reed Buchanan in the YouTube live chat said quads ready to start talking about baseball. Then about eight messages later goes called it. Um, so yes, I, I will not talk about baseball more, but the rule that I really have the problem with Chris is the one that I kind of focused on. And that's the one where if you score, the penalty doesn't end. I don't, I don't know. I don't love that. I got to be honest. I really don't like that. But the shorthanded uh, killing killing off the penalty, like I think that's awesome. A shorthanded goal ends the penalty. That is an awesome rule. I really do like that. It's just, yeah, I don't know about that other one. I really don't know. But then on the, I guess on the other side of it, 
Um, if for a team like Canucks, for example, if you go get a power play, you better make sure you score on it, right? I don't know. I guess it's kind of equal opportunity, but I don't know. Like, I don't know. Let's I touch just on the. Uh, the other one, then, because I think we've, we're split on uh, we we like yeah. the one of the shorthand, and we don't really like the power play continuing. I, I, I'm up in the air, and I, I'm here for debate on on a delayed penalty. If you score, you get another opportunity to score with a power play. Like it doesn't, you know, when you score with a delayed penalty, you get a chance. That one, I'm not so sure. I'd kind of like to see how that one plays out because you're getting a six on five until the other team touches the puck. Like, I don't hate that. I don't love it either. I'm kind of indifferent about it. I, I could see it being okay. This is one where I think getting a chance to observe it in gameplay is something that you'll be able to see. And listen, I saw it today. I saw it today. They didn't score, so I didn't set it up. But I did see today where a team, because I was watching Champions League uh, with Lucas Forcell playing, uh, which I'll get to in a minute here, the players that were playing today. But they scored on the power play, and then they just go back out, and they're all laughing about it. And I talked to Lucas yesterday when the rules were announced. He doesn't really like the rule. He thinks it was kind of weird, but he also said that, hey, maybe it creates more offense and fans want to come out because I guess CHL games haven't been that exciting for people in Sweden. They need more people in the stands, so they're trying to make this game more exciting, and they're trying to do it at Champions League to get more fans in the building. So I I think I could... I'd listen to everyone's debate. I think I'd be interested to see how many people like the idea of scoring well, you have a delayed penalty and then getting the power play as well. I don't think that's the worst case. That, to me, is like a nice job of getting more offense into the game and not really changing too much about the whole power play. That's It's a minor tweak to me of, like, you're still getting the power play. You deserve it. The team took a penalty. You just happen to score at your six-on-five opportunity. That's good for you. Like, I, I think that one's a fine one to keep. I like what Corey said. He said, you want more goals? How about you call penalties all the time, all year round, and into the playoffs? How about some consistent officiating? I think, bang on. I think you were absolutely bang on, and I think a lot of these problems go away if you have that consistent officiating, something that has eluded the National Hockey League up to this point. <laughs> well, Tim, Tim Jones mentioned in the chat, I guess Rocket Richard feasted on the full two-minute power play, because I believe, I, I saw somebody tweet about I think it was like before 1952 or something, or 1956, maybe someone can fact-check me. Like that, that's how penalties worked, right? Like that's uh, someone can fact check me on this, but I, I swear I've seen someone talk about that. They're like, yeah, full two minute penalties just happened. You didn't end when you scored, and uh, I guess that's why they changed it because like the Canadians were absolutely ripping it up uh, back then. But let me mention the players that were playing in Champions League today. Uh, Lucas Forcell. Hey, listen to this. You know we we like Lucas Forcell. He'll be back on the show here soon. One of our favorites. Top line today for Fargerstad. He's playing on the right wing uh, for them in Champions League in their opener. Uh, Yanni Yermo. He was the seventh defenseman for Eels. Uh, in in the le- from the Liga, they're playing in Champions League. They won today. Victor Persson with the Pelicans, he was a healthy scratch, didn't play. Uh, so those are the three prospects who had their teams participating and the two of them that played in it. Lucas Forcell uh, played about 15 minutes just from kind of ballpark in the area there when I did see the stats. They aren't 100% accurate uh, on the CHL website, but it was uh, top line for him, got some power play time. Looked like the second unit to me. It wasn't out there first every time, but he was on the top line for Fargestad. Really good for a kid who is still... 19 years old. So good to see Lucas Forcell and uh, talk to him yesterday. He'll be on the show here pretty soon. Uh, as the SHL season gets going in two weeks today, uh, on the 13th of September, they will begin. So that's exciting for me. Get some real uh, regular season games going from the SHL. And then, hey, maybe my excitement about LeCarrie Mackey will actually be warranted if he starts scoring in the regular season. You've got a series right now that I want to quickly highlight up at Canucks Army uh, where you're doing each Canucks prospect's top development priority We got this idea because we put out a thing on Monday uh, asking our readers at Canucks Army to give us ideas of what they wanted to see uh, on the coverage 
on Canucks Army this year. We're going to pose the same question to everybody in the YouTube live chat, uh, anybody on the podcast, whatever. Get a hold of us. You know how to do it one way or another. We want your ideas, folks. Like, what do you want to see different at Canucks Army? What do you want to see different on the podcast? Let us know. Now's the time to make those changes. Uh, And someone asked for something more about each prospect's uh, development and what they're going to do. And you're going to revisit these and see how they've improved throughout the season. But you've so far done the forwards and the defensemen. I want to go back to LeCaramacchi, Chris, because with LeCaramacchi, the thing that you highlighted was you know, like toughness, that sort of thing, and kind of his um, power, power and confidence is what you called it. What does that come down to? Because we've talked about LeCaramacchi a lot a lot in the past about maybe being too much of a passenger and not going to make the goals happen for himself. What does it mean, power and confidence? When when you're going to be watching LeCaramacchi this year, what is it that you're going to be looking for? Well, I think it starts with, confidence in the in the first thing obviously that's a, that's the main thing in my eyes it's just he needs to be able to be confident in his own ability because he has strong ability he has a lot of skill in his game the big thing is confidence I think a lot of that is also going to come from him just being just being healthy man like it is a huge change for him to now just be healthy it's it's not really like a huge key or something we can dive in and write a whole article about but if he's able to just stay healthy be able to compete every night be able to practice and build throughout the season like think about what type of roadblock you get as a guy who's 18 19 years old and developing your game at the pro level the roadblocks that you get from an injury that keeps you out for six weeks or mono that listen we've we've heard people talk about it we've seen people in the chat talk about them having mono it affects them for like eight months ten months you know six months three months for shorter people like for some shorter times for some folks but we've heard it affect you for a long time like up to a year so now we're we're getting to that point where LeCarrie Mackey just needs to come in be healthy and continue to just elevate 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 and not have these huge setbacks that make you either start at square one for the season of your development or even put you back a little bit so that that's kind of my view on on his development and what we need to see differently I I think he needs to continue being one of these players who doesn't have to rely on his physicality but it can't be something that lets him down it can't be something that hurts him while he's playing games, you know, limits his ability to get scoring chances because he's not willing to go to the high danger areas or he loses every puck battle in the corner like we saw a lot of last year in the regular season. He's just got to stay stay continuing to grow his game, not really have any setbacks this year. But, you know, they might come at some point, right? Like, you can't guarantee health throughout a full hockey season. So it'll be interesting to see how he battles with it. I just think the fit in the SHL is going to be nice for him. Uh, and, and I think it's a comfortable spot for him now moving forward. He's off to a great start, so you have to kind of hope that he just kind of continues to ride this wave into the season. Okay, anything else on prospects before we move on? Uh, nope, just your buddy here, uh, Arthur Seelovs. You're not going to like this, Quads. Uh, and you were off yesterday. You might have even missed this. Elite prospects. They ranked Arthur Seelovs as the 11th best goalie prospect in the NHL. And who was the writer of this article? Our buddy, Laddie, Greg Ballack. Uh, for Elite Prospects wrote this. He put a, he put Archer Silovs at 11th. Uh, a couple of goalies to note ahead of him. Yaroslav Askarov. I mean, without a doubt, one of the top goaltending prospects in the world in my eyes. Devin Levi, Dustin Wolf. Uh, who else is an interesting name? Nico Dawes. Uh, Dylan Garand, who was a former uh, Kamloops Blazer. Which which of these goalies is better than uh, Archer Silovs' quads? Because there's 10 of them, according to Balak here, that uh, are better prospects than Archer Silovs. Five. Seelove should be sixth, not 11th. Okay. Maybe seventh. He's definitely better than Nico Dawes. Mm-hmm. He's definitely better than Dylan Grand. 
I don't know enough about Trey Augustine to give a proper take. I, you know, I think he's better than Askarov. I, I think Wallstead's really good. I really like Wallstead. Yeah, big strong guy. Don't know enough about Dostal. Obviously, Levi's better. Eh, Dustin Wolf conversation to be had. Well, conversation Dustin, to be know. had. Dustin Wolf's pretty damn good. Uh, but the thing that Balak wrote in the article, uh, which you can find on EP Ringside, a uh, little premium feature though. But uh, if you go read that. He wrote that, like, Seelovs is probably the highest riser on this list and could be the guy who rises the most, like, halfway through the season as well because, yeah, what he did at the World Championships was crazy, um, and that was great. But to see how he, and the way that Balak wrote it, was, like, his movement in the crease and his ability to go from side to side and be athletic is, you know, top three on this list. So you see that, and he also has the size. I know the Elite Prospect says he's six foot four. He's like 6'2", but, uh, you know, he's got the length, right? He's got that, uh, he's he's a long 6'2". He's got long limbs, short little torso, long limbs, uh, which is what you want from a goaltender. And it's basically every goalie that the Canucks draft has a small little torso and these lanky old arms. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I, I, I don't think it's... Um, I don't think it's a slight against him for him to be 11th. I think that's strong, and some of the goalies in front of him are very, very good. Um, so we'll have to see what happens if he moves up or down, but uh, another season in the AHL is going to do nothing but help for him. He just he needs to continue to play games and develop, but the excitement level should be pretty high. It's nice to have a, in my eyes, you can just call it like a top 10 goaltender prospect for the Canucks moving forward, as they already have, I think, what you could call a franchise goalie in Thatcher Demko. It's, it's just a nice added bonus to have Arthur Seals be playing this well at, at such an age. Uh. Rick Tockett hasn't closed the door on Seelovs being the backup. Did you see this? I think it was from EMX. Sorry, I was on vacation. I just saw people uh, tweeting about it. Shout out IMAC. I haven't read the article. But uh, Tockett hasn't closed the door on Seelovs being the backup. I'm interested to see. It's one of the questions that I posed about a week or two ago in something I wrote for Canucks Army. Um, it's one of the questions I posed is how up for grabs is the backup position really? Because they can say whatever they want, but... When we go to camp, we'll have a relatively, like, you'll you'll know based on what you see at camp and what you see in the preseason. Like, how up for grabs is that backup job? Because I think there's a lot of value in Nikita Tolopilo getting a lot of starts in the AHL, right? Like, I think there's a lot of value in that for him at a developmental level. Like, let's not forget Tolopilo's 23 years old, right? And that yeah. he had the best save percentage in the Alsvenskin last year. Like, this this is a guy the Canucks are high on, and it's somebody that's not getting talked about a lot. Like, we could see a world, Chris, where Spencer Martin is playing less games at the AHL level than Tolapilo, or he's splitting starts with him, right? Or, like, where does Sachenko fit in all of this? There's, there's a lot of variables with the Canucks goaltending situation, but... Like, I agree with you that Seelovs is probably the, the, the odds-on favorite to start the most games in the AHL and play a ton, but with Tockett saying that it's not a closed door on Seelovs being the backup. I think Spencer Martin is more than capable of being the NHL backup. And I think that's where he should start the season. I've been pretty adamant about that, but like if Martin slips, we're going to see Seelovs back up at the NHL level, like, you know, getting games in be damned. This guy is going to play at the NHL level. If Martin is costing the Canucks games and they are trying to compete for a playoff spot, they are not going to say, well, Seelovs needs to develop. So even though he's a better option, he needs to develop. He needs to start games. You put him in that role, I think Seelovs would be absolutely fine. I, look, I'm not trying to say that's going to happen with Martin. I think a lot of people are down on Martin and unfairly so. Um, he, he, is, he is being asked again to be Thatcher Demko's backup. And let's be clear, that is not what he was being asked to do last year when he started to falter. So I'll just leave it at that.
Yeah, that's true. I think uh, the posi- if the position and how you use our, uh, Spencer Martin is correctly done, he's, he's he can be very effective. And I think that's the thing that you want to see next year is, is can he play once every 10 days? And can he be effective in that once every 10-day outing? Is he working on enough things? Like, that's the thing about... Martin is like, he's a very cerebral type of goaltender who is going to buy the hell into what Ian Clark is telling him every day. And he's going to work on those things extremely hard. So uh, I, I think that he, in this new spot of actually being the backup, yeah, I think he can be effective. Uh, I did see a muted person in the chat here mention Tolopilo and Sachenko will be swapping ECHL duty. That's what I see. I see Tolopilo playing a lot uh, in the ECHL. I think Sachenko will kind of just be the backup. Um, maybe even not. Like, I don't know. It, it, the goaltending situation in the AHL, now that they have the actual, like, legitimate uh, connection with the Kalamazoo Wings, right, uh, as their ECHL yep. team, like, I do think that they're going to utilize that a little bit more uh, this coming season. And it might be like Tolopilo going down there and being a stud because, listen, the, the ECHL is, like, probably pretty comparable to the Al Svenskin in skill level, I think. Like, I think it's pretty close. I don't think it's, like, exactly the same, but I think it's pretty close. So he, he's probably going to dominate that league as well. Um, but it'll be interesting to see with Tolopilo, how he develops, how he looks in camp, and I think you can make that comparable at camp of, like, how he moves in the crease, how he looks. Uh, he'll probably get a, you know, a double training camp because he'll probably be with Vancouver for main camp, but then Abbotsford as well for their training camp. Uh, so you're going to get a lot of an opportunity to see this kid. I really liked what Tolopilo looked like on the ice. I, you know how much I like Koskenvo. I, I thought Tolopilo was much better at development camp this year to watch him play. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to find out where he plays most of his games this year and how many games he gets into in the AHL. All right, let's get to our next uh, topic here. Playoffs. Playoffs. We're going to talk about the Vancouver Canucks, uh, and this is the title of the show. What the, what even is the title? I put it in there. What does it take for the Canucks to be a playoff team? So I want to get five things out there, Quads. You and I are we're going to work together here. You haven't prepared for this at all. I want us to put together the five most important things, and the chat can get involved as well, too. I'd love for that to happen, and I see we got a good amount of people viewing the show right now. Five things, the five biggest things for the Canucks to make the playoffs. I'm going to start. And you can follow this up with adding to it or bringing in your own topic quads. Health of the stars has to be the big thing for me. Like, you have to have a healthy Thatcher Demko. You have to have a healthy Elias Pettersson. You have to have a healthy Quinn Hughes. Likely JT Miller as well. Like, those players, like, those four or five top players have to be healthy. And I've already seen the chat blowing up. Healthy Demko. Healthy Demko from Amish Space Force and Corey Anderson. Um, So those, like, I think healthy Demko, is that the biggest player who has to be healthy to keep this team in a playoff contention. Obviously, Elias Pettersson, Quinn Hughes, they're, they're massive impacts to this team. But if Demko's healthy and on his game, he might be the most important player for this for this team to, to be a playoff team. Yes. I, I'm going to do something scary, Chris. I'm going to ask you and everybody listening to this to think back to, I think it was two games, three games maybe, that Elias Pettersson missed last season and what the Canucks looked like. And recognize that the Canucks center depth doesn't look that much better than what it was last year. Like, hey, we really like the Suter signing. We really like that. Teddy Bluger is somebody that I think doesn't get talked about enough. But at best, you know, he's going to be a very, very solid fourth line center. Mm -hmm. You don't really have anybody that's going to step up to fill Elias Pettersson's shoes. Do you think that Silovs can do that for Demko? I might. Like that that's what it ultimately comes down to is who is who is the person that they're losing? Who is their replacement? How are they going to replace the output that they are losing from that player? 
I'm not saying that Silov's going to step in and be as good as Thatcher Demko, but I don't know if the goaltending depth is worse than the center depth. Like, I'll just say that. Like, I don't know if what happens if Elias Patterson goes down. Like, if you're asking me who misses a 20-game stretch and I have to pick between Elias Patterson or Thatcher Demko, first of all, I'd rather not answer because that is awful. That is an awful scenario to think about for either guy. But I think it's a little faster than everybody in the chat immediately saying, oh, it's Demko, healthy Demko, healthy Demko. Okay, like we're talking a healthy Demko who's also playing as we hope that he will, right? Like, I I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. This is this is an interesting conversation to have yeah. and I, there's no surefire answer. I'm just challenging people to think a little bit harder about this, about what the team actually looks like without Elias Pettersson in their lineup for like 20 games. Like, what does that actually look like? Because I don't think it's good. I don't think it looks very good. Yeah, and I don't know if my bow tie is on too tight or whatnot, or if I'm not getting enough blood pumping to my brain. But I, I kind of, I'm, I'm going to back up the goaltender here and say, like, in your situation here, of the I think you brought up a good talking point here: twenty games to miss for a player due to injury. Like Thatcher Demko, it's not just like your goalie needs to be a, like a very healthy. To your goalie needs to be very healthy throughout the season to be on his game. Like Pedersen at sixty percent is a much better contributor to the team than Thatcher Demko at 60%, right? And I think we saw Thatcher Demko not at 100% all season long last year, coming off of a very minor surgery as well in the offseason. Like, that that was tough for him to come back. But now you're not looking at a Thatcher Demko who came off of an offseason surgery. You're looking at a guy now who's coming off an offseason becoming a dad and being able to work out full-time here. He's been in Vancouver for a long time. I think he's one of the guys who probably was one of the earliest to get back into Vancouver. Uh, And... Yeah, I, I think that a healthy Demko, or even like that's what I'm thinking, like a 60% of Demko, it, it's worrisome if he's not very healthy. So I'd have to say that he probably is the most important guy. I I, I know that I get where you're coming from. You say Seelovs is you know going to be able to come in and, and pick up the slack and be a half decent goalie. I just I, I think that's a huge ask, right? I think that's a yeah, huge ask. Right. But at the same time, I could see the argument of the center depth. You talk about it. It's a huge ask to ask Pius Suter to be a second-line center on this team. It's a huge ask to move Teddy Bluger up, and, and now you have like kind of a, a whole chopped-down bottom six with your center group. Is Sheldon Drys back in the lineup yet? Like the, These type of things are, are very difficult, but I, I do think a healthy Demko, to me, is just the, the biggest thing for this team to get into the playoffs, right? Like I, I think a, a healthy Demko is most important. You are going to get... Like, Pedersen's going to be effective in his role, even if he's a little banged up throughout the season. I think it's going to be difficult for, for Thatcher Demko to be as effective if he's banged up throughout the season. So I, I have to look at it that way, and I think Demko is the most important. A healthy Demko would be uh, number one for me. Okay, so let's let's flesh out our top five, and I think it's safe to say that we are saying number one is healthy Demko. Yep. Very shortly after is number two, healthy Elias Pedersen. And for the sake of it, Throw let's in, not yeah. do... Throw in Quinn Hughes and, and in there too, right? Like yeah, Quinn Hughes, the, sure. when the defense is without Quinn Hughes, the team looks like a freaking mess. It's a tire fire without Quinn Hughes back there on defense. Hopefully, it's a little bit more supported this year with Carson Soucy, Phil Peronic, those type of things. I think that we'll just kind of lump, uh, let's just lump like the stars being healthy as our first two options here. That's that's our, our first and second. Sure. I'll, I'll let you go here with yes. number three. Number three for the Canucks is actually buying into a defensive system. If there is this kind of, if there is this level of where it's just, they have no ability to keep the puck out of their own net because they cannot defend in front of their goaltender or we're back to the same old, let's give up a bunch of five alarm chances, but score some more. 
I don't think it's a, it's going to be sustainable for them. I think this team needs to actually show that they can defend at five on five in this narrative where they've just been a completely inept team when it comes to defending in their own end. That needs to change. Like that that needs to change for this team. So I will say number three, the defense that has now been rebuilt by Alvin and Rutherford needs to actually show up. You've got Philip Ronick, you've got Carson Zeus, you've got Ian Cole, you've got these guys that they have gone out and acquired. They have now rebuilt the defense to their liking. And look, there's going to be tweaks. There's still going to be things that they change. But for number three, I am putting that the rebuilt defense that Alvin and Rutherford have now needs to actually show up. All right. I like that one. I think the I won't add to too much to that. I'll, I'll just bring my own here for number four. I think the Canucks need to have six 20-goal scorers next year. I think they need to have really? six, six 20 goal scorers. Elias Patterson, Andre Kuzmenko, JT Miller, Brock Besser, Ilya Mikheyev, or Connor Garland, or Niels Huglander, or Vasily Podkols. And I think they need six 20 goal scorers. That will give them scoring up and down the lineup. Like you need someone on the third line to be a 20 goal scorer next year. Maybe it's Pew Suter. Maybe it's Vasily Podkols. Maybe it's Connor Garland. One of these guys. Needs to be a 20-goal scorer. I think if you get six 20-goal scorers, that's going to be depth up and down the lineup offensively for your team moving forward. And it kind of blends in with your defensive take there for number three. So that's my number four. Maybe Quinn Hughes. Maybe Quinn Hughes is one of those 20-goal scorers. I don't know about that, but... (laughs) Well, he's got his little shooting uh, set up in his garage now. Maybe he is going to come in and score 20. He does. Okay, number five. No off-ice distractions. Bingo. Like That was going to be my... yeah, okay. I just, I think, and, and this isn't us trying to drum up any drama or anything, but, like, every time you hear a player really open up on a podcast or wherever they've gone to talk in the off season, basically every player we've heard from has basically said, yeah, this season was miserable, the last season was miserable, the one before that was miserable. Like, it has not been good in Vancouver. There's been a lot of off-ice drama, and we just, it, it needs to end. Like, there's going to be there's going to be stuff like there's going to be stuff in the media, right? And I'm not trying to say that the media has no role in in this off-ice drama, but like a lot of it has to actually happen. Like when I say off-ice drama, I don't mean no no trade rumors can happen because of course that's going to happen with the media. That's going to happen. There's going to be trade rumors, there's going to be all that. But no epic showing of, you know, the execution of your coach in front of everybody. Like that's yeah. what happened last year, right? Like that was a big thing of it was they had the Bruce Boudreaux situation basically hanging over them all season long. And then when it was finally figured out, everybody was just exhausted to that point. Talkett's come in, you know, he, he's done a good job in these first few months. This team needs to just get out in front of it and they cannot have this off ice drama and these off ice distractions um, that are weighing on the players. This can't happen again. Get those renos done. Like, don't make it so that there's, you know, the scoreboard's falling apart or whatever. Like, get this done so that all the players are just comfortable and all the players are in a position where there's just nothing that they have to worry about. And of course, everybody has things to worry about, but where there's nothing related to the hockey club that they have to worry about when they are not on the ice. Turn this into a world-class organization again. Get your practice rank figured out. Get all this figured out. Get it Get it over with and get back on the map here. Yeah. Yep, I agree with that one. I'm going to add this one in because this probably should have been one in our top five. Um, over the past 164 regular season games in the NHL, the Vancouver Canucks have the worst penalty kill. Uh, they were 31st in the league two years ago. Last year, they were the worst in the league. They can't, like, 
I don't even think I want to ask for like that much, but like, don't be 30th, 31st, or 32nd. Like, just get yourself into like the 20s of the league. Just shoot for like 20th. You don't need to be a top 10 penalty kill in the league, and I don't think they will be. But like, just just try and get in like the the teens or the or the low 20s. Like, just shoot for that, man. Like, you've been such a bad penalty kill. JT Miller talked about it at the end of two seasons ago, talking about how much that affected the team and how difficult it was to come back. You're basically giving up a goal. When your team is playing, like, 60% on the penalty kill, you're giving the other team a goal every night. You're, you are putting worry into your players' heads when they take a penalty. You're, you're kind of, like, limiting how aggressive guys want to get because if they say, oh, like, if my stick slips up a little bit here... I'm taking a penalty. We're going to get – there's a 50-50% chance we're going to be, you know, getting scored on. So I, I think it's – I think it's something that really needs to change this coming season, like the penalty kill, and it's been addressed, right? They they went out and got players to help on the penalty kill. They didn't have Ilya Mikheyev last year. Like, almost all the main guys that are going to be killing penalties for the Canucks next season, probably 80% of them weren't on this team when Patrick Alvin took over as the general manager. So you have to give him credit. Like, he is, he is attempting to address – and I think he's made some solid bets. We don't know if it's going to work out perfect. Like, hey, maybe Teddy Bluger sucks at penalty killing. Maybe Carson Soucy can't penalty kill. I mean, all these type of things. Maybe they, they doesn't work. But, like, at least they're making good bets in my eyes. Like, Philip Aronik had some of the best goals against per 60 uh, while shorthanded last year in the NHL. Like, he's going to kill penalties. We'll have to see what he looks like in that spot. He's one of the, He was one of the top guys for Detroit last year. These players are going to help big time on the penalty kill. I think that's going to be something. Like, you're going to see a completely different group of guys on the penalty kill this year than we did two years ago when this team kind of just started going down and down and down and down in the ranks. So I, I think penalty kill is the other huge one. If Teddy Bluger shows up and can't kill penalties, the Canucks need to look inward, not <laughs> outward, and go acquire new penalties. No, yeah, I'm Bluger. just saying that. I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe one of these guys isn't the best penalty killer out there, right? Like, maybe that's, that's just what I'm kind of thinking here. And with all this in mind, Chris... I will bump down my first number five that we gave and that you also said was your number five. We're trying to figure out the top five. I think our top four is very solid, but I think the fewer off-ice distractions one, that goes away if you have an average penalty kill. A lot of those distractions go away if you have 620 goal scores. A lot of those distractions go away if your team can defend at a somewhat competent level. And a lot of those distractions go away if your stars are healthy and performing all season long. So I will say... In order for the distractions to go away, the Canucks need to have a successful season. And as we've figured out with this top five list, the way to have that is with a healthy Thatcher Demko and the rest of your stars. It's with the defense showing up. It is with you having, like you said, six 20-goal scores. And it is with you having a better penalty killer. And I think that is a good place to close out today's show. But before we do that, we've got our poll question. We've got our betway bet of the day so bear with us folks we've got a final what five ten minutes here uh do you have anything else you want to get before we get to the poll question let's set uh, let's get to kyle's question here um one of the new additions including mikhaev and heronic who do you think will become the canucks most important penalty killer let us know in the chat as well who do you think quads who's of all the new additions and like you said you can include mikhaev and heronic into it who do you think is going to be like the guy who impresses the most i i have to think it's mikhaev i think he's going to make like the biggest noticeable impact. Like, I, I think what you're going to get from some of the defensemen, like, Hironik's going to be effective. I think uh, Ian Cole's going to help in that spot as well. Maybe we see less ice time for Quinn Hughes, so kind of, you know, by by them playing more minutes, Quinn Hughes has to play less on the penalty kill, so that's good too. 
But I think McKayev, like, you want to see this guy cook. You want to see this guy score four penalty, like, shorthanded goals this year uh, and really burn the momentum. But use his speed, use his skill. The things that we saw him do and we liked at 5-on-5 five five last year, I don't think we got enough of a good sample size to see what he really looks like as a penalty killer. And he was on a torn ACL last year, bro. Like, like damn. Like, how hard is that? I, I think it's going to be McKayev uh, to answer Kyle's question. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going with Philip Peronic or hey, I think Teddy Bluger is going to surprise a lot of people. Like Teddy Bluger is a very, very good penalty killer. I'm not just saying that because he's Latvian. I think Teddy Bluger is going to be that guy. And I think we've seen, I don't know, like we've seen, uh, we've seen Ilya Mikhail. Like you said, yes, he was playing on a banged up leg. I understand. I don't know. I'm going with, uh, I, I'm going with Teddy Bluger over okay. Mikhail. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't see My that dog. come. Uh, it's funny when you say like, "Oh, the show's going to start wrapping up here." Everybody in the chat, Karan and Lisa, Burt Cam, Burt Cam, Burt Cam. They all want Burt Cam, but he doesn't. He's not locked away now, right? He's out. Of, you don't have him in the in his cage anymore. Well, so he has Roman his crate right. and he sleeps in there. And right now he is sleeping. So yes, I do have a Burt Cam, but. Um, what you're referring to is he had this little playpen to kind of keep him from chewing the walls and, and, you know, doing other stuff. And for the most part, he's been good about that, but we've gotten rid of it because he really doesn't need it anymore. Like he just, he, he's really starting to chill out and lose some of that puppy energy. Um, but oh yeah, that bird cam is not working with my nope. virtual background. So apologies for that. But bird is, you got to hold your hand behind right it right now. You got to hold your hand behind it and like upwards and then it'll work. I don't know if that's true. Oh yeah. It worked a little. He's just sleeping. He's out. Yeah, he's, he's out. just a sleepy boy. Yeah, he's just sleeping. All right. Um, okay, poll oh, question. Go get it. Poll question. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, so we've got a little karaoke thing going on this Saturday night, you and I. Um, going to be a lot of people there, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good time. And it's, you uh, told I'm me to start it, picking my song. Yeah, I'm calling it the first annual Chris Faber Karaoke Canucks Media Invitational. I like it. I like I'm, it. I'm working on the uh, name. I'm working on the name. 
Okay, so our poll question is related to this. Our Atlas Goods poll question, of course, as always, brought to you by the great folks over at Atlas Goods. Go to Atlas GDS, use promo code CC15. That will get you 15% off your first order of pop rinds. These are the best fresh pork rinds straight from your microwave or air fryer. Be sure to go check them out. Locally owned and operated, much like Zephyr Epic, right out of Surrey, British Columbia. Free shipping or same-day shipping, excuse me, if you order before 3 p.m. So be sure to go check out the fine folks over at Atlas Goods, atlasgds.com. Our poll question today, what should my poll que- what should my song be? Wow, you, you worded this weird. What should Quad sing this weekend at Chris Faber's Media Karaoke Night or Media Invitational? Karaoke Invitational. First annual. It. Yes, first annual, excuse me. Yes, the Michael Scott Dunder Mifflin Fun Run Race for the Cure. Uh, okay, it is Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice, When You Were Young by The Killers, and Bye 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 by NSYNC. And right now, Bye 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 by NSYNC is leading the vote. I'm angry, of course, is included, but no one's angry about this one. Everybody's got an opinion. Ice Ice Baby coming up the rear. I thought that would be more popular. I, I'm going to probably sing all three of these, um, but we we have agreed that we will post... Uh, the video of me singing bye 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 this is going to be on the canucks convo patreon so patreon.com slash canucks convo five and ten dollar tiers gets all the bonus content you will have my full performance where i do all five parts of uh bye 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 and there's gonna be other boy bands in there too let's be honest here yeah i thought you were gonna do i want it that way and that wasn't in here i thought that was your i can do that i absolutely can do that i you've heard me do that that's why that the reason you think i can do that is because you've heard me sing it to myself when we've been like working i've been like humming it Mm -hmm. and singing it to myself and yes i will do all five parts like i do with every boy band song yeah well i sent you a list of uh, all the good karaoke songs because i've got a huge list i'm gonna get this printed out so everybody can you know if if you don't know what you're gonna sing you gotta get up there the interesting thing i heard was uh because harm's gonna be there as well harman dial and he said he's singing dua lipa when he said he was singing Dua Lipa, I said, what the hell? <laughs> like, what song from Dua Lipa do you do at karaoke? And how is Harm going to pull it off? <laughs> I'm curious. We, I'm there'll excited, be some video yeah. out there. we got to get his permission to put that on the Patreon. Oh, too. yeah. Well, when you pay him enough, we should be able to do whatever we want with that kid. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that uh, Bye 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 is what the people want. Uh, I did see very early on when there was only like 12 votes. It was 100% for Bye Bye Bye. Uh, so the folks, are they're going to want to see that video, and we'll definitely uh, get that out. Maybe on the Patreon. Depends how embarrassing it is. Because the Patreon's been a little little slow lately. Well, we were on there the other day, actually. We did a show last week, didn't we? Yeah. 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 Okay. I know that all I know is I'm going out there, and I'm doing Hero by Enrique. I'm going to do some Creed. Uh, I'm going to have some fun with uh, with a lot of those songs for sure. Then I got a couple of country songs. I like to mix it up a little bit and say, like, you know, bring a little country, little little... Tw- this better not be like racist to say. No, you know what I'm not. No, I could say it. Country twang, right? That's not a bad thing to say, right? Or is that? Is that uh, I don't think that's a bad thing to say. Country twang is like the the accent on the on the country. Maybe not. I hope I just didn't cancel myself there. I think I'm okay. <laughs> I think you're okay. I think you're good. Some uh, okay. I don't understand if I. It's, yeah, whatever. I think that's fine. Okay. Okay. Are we done? Yeah, I think I'm done. Karan goes the racism hour with Chris Faber. No, 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 I don't think that's bad. I've heard it in country songs. But that, no, that shouldn't be the way to... Never mind. No. Uh, Hero by Enrique Iglesias is what we're all looking I forward like that to. One Tennessee where, Whiskey is another one. Corey Anderson brought that up. Tennessee Whiskey by one Stapleton. one where it's like uh, 
Baby, lock them doors and turn them lights down low. That song? You know that one? What's that one? I know it now. You just sang it very well. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, I like my, my country voice. I used to do uh, Record Year by Eric Church. That's one of my mm. favorites. That's on my, because um, I have a fishing playlist on my phone that uh, my best friend Chad and I, we got a boat together on the island. Always go out bass fishing on it. And um, yeah, we had that fishing playlist going. And we, we went fishing the other day, or like I guess a few weeks ago for my bachelor party when I was on the island again. We had the boat. We brought it out. It was awesome. And, uh, yeah, it was back to the, the fishing playlist is still on my phone from like 2015. So, uh, boot scoop boogie, that's good. And I know the, the, da- I, when I was pure tutoring PE in grade 12, I had to teach the, the grade eights how to boot scoop boogie back in the day. You got a vine to the left, vine to the right, all that okay, stuff. Okay. That's enough. Cut his mic, Aaron. We got to get no, out No, no, no. We got the uh, Betway. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you don't cut his mic, Aaron. He's got to give his bet. A Spencer Strider bet. Faber's talking about Actually, baseball Actually, no, hold on. Let's get, let's get Aaron in here for the karaoke talk. Aaron, what's uh, what's your karaoke song, and what do you what would you like to see Quad sing? Um, I think my go-to – I mean, Nickelback's always a classic because it kind of gets everybody right. going in the building. So, you know, Photograph, that's kind of one that gets people going. Um, I tend to do Girls Just Want to Have Fun, though. Mm. That seems to be the one that I always end up because you can kind of you can get a little bit of a performance going with that one. But uh, I like Creed, so yeah. when you said with arms wide open, I am that gets the people going. Yeah, so that would be my choice. We've done a lot of Creed in the past, and also there's only um, there's only one girl in the Canucks media, one woman uh, with Gemma Carson Smith, who's going to be at the karaoke. So I'm hoping that she does. Uh, girls just want to have fun or something. I'm also uh, yeah. Excited for the karaoke weekend this weekend, that's for sure. I can't wait to make it to the second annual <laughs> Faber's Media Invitational Karaoke. Yeah. I like the name as it is. I like the name as it is. I was thinking I wanted to get a t-shirt made that's going to be like, <laughs> I went. I was the best singer at the Chris Faber first annual invitation, blah, 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 blah. And all I got was a silly t-shirt because the the like, the like writing on the shirt will go from like shoulders all the way down to the belly button. Like It's going to cover yeah. the whole thing. Are you going to give an, a, I don't know, a reward for the best performance at the event? I think that's what I, I think that's the plan. I think I, I can go get a t-shirt hopefully made tomorrow at one of these little print shops. Yeah. I'd like to. I think we'll, we'll see what happens if I have enough time. Nice. I like that one. Kate, tell us about your Atlanta Braves bet, Fabes. Let's do it. Uh, Betway, bet of the day. Betway, Betway, Betway. Betway, Betway. My Betway bet of the day here on Betway. Uh, Betway.com. Betway.ca. One of them. Betway.com. Let's go with uh, my bet uh, for Betway. Spencer Strider to record 18 plus outs. That's six innings of work quads. Spencer Strider has recorded 18 or more outs in 11 of his last 12 starts. And the Braves have won seven of their last game. Seven of their last eight games are running away with the NL East. I know uh, Aaron likes that. Uh, so I say they're going to give Strider, you know, six innings of work. They're at that point in the season where they don't need to like stretch him out, but I also don't think they want to have him going five innings and, and kind of getting into that groove. I think like a safe spot is six, seven innings. If he's pitching really good, he can go eight, but they're at that point where like, dude, I think they're like 13 and a half games up right now uh, in the NL East. So they're absolutely running away with it, but I think they want to keep him in that six inning range. So even if he's like getting hit around a little bit, I think they keep him in for six innings because they want to get him kind of ramping up for the playoffs here. And like I said, 11 of his last 12 starts, he's gone six or more innings. So you bet $10 here. You're only getting 15 as your return because it's minus 200. But hey, that's an easy. That's an easy one right there on Betway. Uh, Betway. Betway. Betway.com. So Spencer Strider to record eighteen or more outs. 
uh, in his game tonight against the LA Dodgers, I should mention as well. So, hey, half-decent team, uh, hitting team at least, coming up against uh, Strider today, but one of the best in the business, I'd have to say. I like it. I like it. And yes, the Braves, I think, are 100% chance to win the NL East. I think it's already at 100%. And the Mariners, Seattle Mariners, Mm. coming up. Seattle Mariners are going to lock down a playoff spot. We'll see what those uh, Toronto Blue Jays do. They won a game against the right. Washington Nationals, and, so that uh, was really exciting. Tonight, you and I are going out to uh, to a baseball game, too. You got back-to-back yes. days with a baseball, because you were at the Mariners game yesterday. You and I are going to be at the Seas game tonight. Yes, it's going to be a lot of fun. I was yeah. yeah, like you said, Mariners yesterday, Seas today. Seas play a doubleheader. Hey. Go check them out. Uh, I got to say, quickly, quickly, I'll, I'll be quick. The sure. Jays' schedule, series against the Rockies, then the A's, then the Royals. If they do not Ooh. win... At least like six of these nine games, nice. they're not making the playoffs. There's no way they're making the playoffs. Yeah, I'm with you. Lisa says, M's going to the playoffs. I thought, Lisa, you weren't a baseball gal. I thought you weren't she's, a baseball supporter. She's a quad supporter ah, and she okay. lives in Seattle. I understand so, that. Yeah, understand. she's rooting for them, them Mariners. Yeah. Okay, we'll close it out there. Folks, thanks so much for listening. Uh, it was a fun episode today. We've had a few fun ones lately as we ramp up toward the season. We'll have some stuff shortly about our Young Stars coverage and our training camp coverage. That's kind of all been being finalized right now. So we'll have that next week. We'll have a show, of course, next week. But we will close it out there. For my co-host, Chris Faber, and our technical producer, Aaron Bordado, name you can trust. My name is Dave Cudrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. We out. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?